0: Chapter 1 of the Kreutzer Sonata. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Kaplan. The Kreutzer Sonata by Leo Tolstoy. Translated by Benjamin R. Tucker. Chapter 1 Travelers left and entered our car at every stopping of the train. Three persons, however, remained, bound, like myself, for the farthest station. A lady, neither young nor pretty, smoking cigarettes, with a thin face, a cap on her head, and wearing a semi-masculine outer garment. Then her companion, a very loquacious gentleman of about forty years, with baggage entirely new and arranged in an orderly manner. Then a gentleman who held himself entirely aloof, short in stature, very nervous, of uncertain age, with bright eyes, not pronounced in color, but extremely attractive, eyes that darted with rapidity from one object to another. This gentleman, during almost all the journey thus far, had entered into conversation with no fellow traveler, as if he carefully avoided all acquaintance. When spoken to, he answered curtly and decisively, and began to look out of the car window obstinately. Yet it seemed to me that the solitude weighed upon him. He seemed to perceive that I understood this, and when our eyes met, as happened frequently, since we were sitting almost opposite each other, he turned away his head and avoided conversation with me as much as with the others. At nightfall, during a stop at a large station, the gentleman with a fine baggage, a lawyer, as I have since learned, got out with his companion to drink some tea at the restaurant. During their absence, several new travelers entered the car, among whom was a tall old man, shaven and wrinkled, evidently a merchant, wearing a large, heavily lined cloak and a big cap. This merchant sat down opposite the empty seats of the lawyer, and his companion then straightway entered into conversation with a young man who seemed like an employee in some commercial house, and who had likewise just boarded the train. At first the clerk had remarked that the seat opposite was occupied, and the old man had answered that he should get out at the first station. Thus their conversation started. I was sitting not far from these two travelers, and as the train was not in motion, I could catch bits of their conversation with others were not talking. They talked first of the prices of goods and the condition of business. They referred to a person whom they both knew. Then they plunged into the fair at Nijni Novgorod. The clerk boasted of knowing people who were leading a gay life there. But the old man did not allow him to continue, and, interrupting him, began to describe the festivities of the previous year at Kunavino, in which he had taken part. He was evidently proud of these recollections, and, probably thinking that this would detract nothing from the gravity which his face and manners expressed, He related with pride how, when drunk, he had fired at Cunavino such a broadside that he could describe it only in the other's ear. The clerk began to laugh noisily. The old man laughed too, showing two long yellow teeth. Their conversation not interesting me, I left the car to stretch my legs. At the door, I met the lawyer and his lady. You have no more time, the lawyer said to me. The second bell is about to ring indeed i had scarcely reached the rear of the train when the bell sounded as i entered the car again the lawyer was talking with his companion in an animated fashion the merchant sitting opposite them was taciturn and then she squarely declared to her husband said the lawyer with a smile as i passed by them that she neither could nor would live with him because and he continued but i did not hear the rest of the sentence my attention being distracted by the passing of the conductor and a new traveler. When silence was restored, I again heard the lawyer's voice. The conversation had passed from a special case to general considerations. And afterward comes discord, financial difficulties, disputes between the two parties, and the couple separate. In the good old days, that seldom happened is it not so asked the lawyer of the two merchants evidently trying to drag them into the conversation just then the train started and the old man without answering took off his cap crossed himself three times while muttering a prayer when he had finished he clapped his cap far down his head and said yes sir that happened in former times also but not as often in the present day it is bound to happen more frequently people have become too learned The lawyer made some reply to the old man, but the train, ever increasing its speed, made such a clatter upon the rails that I could no longer hear distinctly. As I was interested in what the old man was saying, I drew nearer. My neighbor, the nervous gentleman, was evidently interested also, and, without changing his seat,
1: he lent an ear. "'But what harm is there in education?'
0: asked the lady, with a smile that was scarcely perceptible.
1: Would it be better to marry, as in the old days, when the bride and bridegroom did not even see each other before marriage?
0: She continued, answering, as the habit of ladies, not the words that her interlocutor had spoken, but the words she believed he was going to speak.
1: Women did not know whether they would love or would be loved, and they were married to the first comer, and suffered all their lives. Then you think it was better so?
0: She continued, evidently addressing the lawyer and myself, and not at all the old man. People have become too learned, repeated the last, looking at the lady with contempt and leaving her question unanswered. I should be curious to know how you explain the correlation between education and conjugal differences, said the lawyer with a slight smile. The merchant wanted to make some reply, but the lady interrupted him.
1: No, those days are past.
0: The lawyer cut short her words. Let him express his thought.
1: Because there is no more fear, replied the old man. But how will you marry people who do not love each other? Only animals can be coupled at the will of a proprietor. But people have inclinations, attachments,
0: the lady hastened to say, casting a glance at the lawyer, at me, and even at the clerk, who, standing up and leaning his elbow on the back of a seat, was listening to the conversation with a smile. "'You're wrong to say that, madam,' said the old man. "'The animals are beasts, but man has received the law.'
1: "'But, nevertheless, how is one to live with a man when there is no love?'
0: said the lady, evidently excited by the general sympathy and attention. Formerly no such distinctions were made, said the old man gravely. Only now have they become part of our habits. As soon as the least thing happens, the wife says, I release you, I'm going to leave your house. Even among the Mujiks this fashion has become acclimated. There, she says,
1: here are your shirts and drawers. I am going off with Vanka. His hair is curlier than yours. Just go talk with them and yet the first rule for the wife should be fear.
0: The clerk looked at the lawyer, the lady, and myself, evidently repressing a smile, and all ready to deride or approve the merchant's words according to the attitude of the others.
1: What fear?
0: said the lady. This fear, the wife must fear her husband, that is what fear.
1: Oh, that, my little father, that is ended.
0: No, madam, that cannot end. "'As she, Eve the woman, was taken from man's ribs, "'so she will remain until the end of the world,' "'said the old man, shaking his head so triumphantly "'and so severely that the clerk, "'deciding that the victory was on his side, "'burst into a loud laugh.
1: "'Yes, you men think so,'
0: replied the lady "'without surrendering and turning toward us.
1: "'You have given yourself liberty. "'As for woman, you wish to keep her in the seraglio.' to you everything is permissible is it not so
0: oh man that's another affair
1: then according to you to man everything is permissible no
0: one gives him this permission only if the man behaves badly outside the family is not increased thereby but the woman the wife is a fragile vessel continued the merchant severely his tone of authority evidently subjugated his hearers even the lady felt crushed but she did not surrender.
1: Yes, but you will admit, I think, that woman is a human being and has feelings like her husband. What should she do if she does not love her husband?
0: If she does not love him, repeated the old man stormily, and knitting his brows, why, she will be made to love him. This unexpected argument pleased the clerk, and he uttered a murmur of approbation. Oh, no,
1: she will not be forced,
0: said the lady.
1: Where there is no love, one cannot be obliged to love in spite of herself.
0: And if the wife deceives her husband, what is to be done, said the lawyer. That should not happen, said the old man. He must have his eyes about him. And if it does happen all the same, you will admit that it does happen. It happens among the upper classes, not among us, answered the old man. And if any husband is found who is such a fool as not to rule his wife, he will not have robbed her. But no scandal, nevertheless, love or not, but do not disturb the household. Every husband can govern his wife. He has the necessary power. It is only the imbecile who does not succeed in doing so. Everybody was silent. The clerk moved, advanced, not wishing to lag behind the others in the conversation, began with his eternal smile
1: yes in the house of our employer a scandal has arisen and it is very difficult to view the matter clearly the wife loved to amuse herself and began to go astray he is a capable and serious man first it was with the bookkeeper the husband tried to bring her back to reason through kindness she did not change her conduct she plunged into all sorts of beastliness She began to steal his money. He beat her, but she grew worse and worse. To an unbaptized, to a pagan, to a Jew, saving your permission, she went in succession for her caresses. What could the employer do? He has dropped her entirely, and now he lives as a bachelor. As for her, she is dragging in the depths.
0: He is an imbecile, said the old man. If from the first he had not allowed her to go in her own fashion and had kept a firm hand upon her, she would be living honestly, no danger. Liberty must be taken away from the beginning. Do not trust yourself to your horse upon the highway, and do not trust yourself to your wife at home. At that moment the conductor passed, asking for the tickets for the next station. The old man gave up his. Yes, the feminine sex must be dominated in season else all will perish. And you yourselves at Cunevino, did you not lead a gay life with the pretty girls? asked the lawyer with a smile. Oh, that's another matter, said the merchant severely. Goodbye, he added, rising. He wrapped himself in his cloak, lifted his cap, and, taking his bag, left the car. End of chapter one. Recording by Larry Kaplan.